for some of these big games. They have people who sing the national anthem. And I'm just waiting for them to call me. Oh, <laughs> my God. Oh, Lord. If they ever call me, I'm going to have to Millie Vanilli it because ain't no way. <laughs> Before they get in your On Montgomery and Company today, we got a lot going on. It's Super Bowl week, as we mentioned earlier, but my sister, Nashay Short, is going to join us. And you guys already know I got one sister. That's Nicole Young. She's a co-host here at MoCo. My other sister is Shay, and she's going to come talk about all kinds of stuff. She's a middle sister, and she suffers from middle child syndrome. We're going to ask Darius Butler, who was a UConn football player. You know we bleed blue. We also asked Darius about Super Bowl predictions, why he thinks you shouldn't necessarily bet on the Rams. We're going to talk a little bit of wine because the Bledsoe Family Winery sent an invite out to the Montgomery family to come have a sip of that double back wine, and we just might. Check us out. Let's go. Okay, so Super Bowl week just feels like championship week because it is. So I start to think about Atlanta and the year we're having because a lot of people love to remind us of that terrible Super Bowl loss that we had to the Patriots. Yes, we know we gave up that second half lead. We know. We get it. But since then, I would like to say that I think Atlanta has bounced back. And not just Atlanta. I say Georgia has bounced back pretty well. As we know, the Braves won a championship. And I bloop. And the Atlanta Hawks went on a very long run in the Eastern Conference Finals. I would like to put an asterisk beside it and say, we lost to the champs. I think that should matter that we lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. And they later went on to win a championship. Then when you think about the University of Georgia winning collegiate football. And they won the championship there. Now, while UGA was just a top-ranked team, we know it's not a given that all top-ranked teams are going to mess around and actually win. UGA did that, so as I'm starting to get excited for Super Bowl week, championship week, I start to think about Atlanta and Georgia, and y'all got to kind of let us live a little bit. The curse, I think, is gone, and so hopefully that, that continues. Let's keep that same energy in the state with the Atlanta dream because we're building, we're building back and we're growing and it's WNBA free agency right now. So I just want to send a huge welcome to the people that we've signed back. Always much love to the people that we already have on the team. Of course, dream team, what up? But shouts to our new signees that we just got in a Nia Coffee, okay? Played with her overseas. I actually played with her for the Atlanta dream and now she's back. Shouts to Kiera, Tiffany Hayes. She's been here since she was drafted, and I hope she retires here. Kia Vaughn, again, leadership. I remember Kia Vaughn. We're the same class. We had those Rutgers days where we battled. And then last but not least, the ankle snatcher herself, Erica Willer, is going to be in a dream jersey. Got drafted here. Full circle moment lives here. So it's exciting times here in Georgia. And I want everybody to stop with this curse stop with this atlanta sports stuff i think atlanta sports is on the rise and i think the stats show it super bowl sunday let's go super bowl sunday's coming up and we have the Bengals against the home team of the Rams. It's at SoFi Stadium in LA. My goodness, the traffic couldn't get any worse. Here we are. I just left LA last week, and boy, was it lit up with Super Bowl everything. So we want to get on the action. And Super Bowl's a little bit different depending on who's watching. You got your diehard football fans that they want to see the X's and O's. They want to see how Joe Burrow does against that crazy Rams defense. And some people are there for the entertainment. We saw who's going to perform form this year so I want to ask you guys what are y'all looking forward to most in the Super Bowl what's the best part of the Super Bowl I'll start for me it's the vibes I just like the excitement of the snacks and the game and there's something exciting to watch with the fam but sound off let's start with you Cole what's your favorite part of the Super Bowl that would be the I would say the commercials and the snacks oh Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so who's been 
notoriously your favorite when it came to the commercials? We used to be like Budweiser. Um, they always the had some really deals. good ones, the Clydesdales and stuff like that. <laughs> so that was really the one. And really because every year is kind of different. Like you had your staples, but now there's so many random. Because I'll never forget when GoDaddy came with them crazy commercials. I was like, what are we watching? And they were GoDaddy commercials and they happened during the Super Bowl. And I was like, nobody even knew what GoDaddy was. All they kept having was these crazy commercials that say GoDaddy. And that name is crazy too. So that's that's what we did. We went to the internet. We was like, oh, it's a website. So commercials and snacks definitely for me. What is it? What's up, sound off, Serena? What's your favorite part of the Super Bowl? well, you already know I'm going to say the halftime show. I Come on. I'm saying, a performer. Hello. I love the music. I love. Well, I do love that it's always been Pepsi. I have like a thing for Pepsi. I know it's like Team Coke, Team Pepsi. I'm Ooh. always Team Pepsi. And I love that that Pepsi puts on the halftime show and is just full of icons and superstars. And my favorite performance, of course, has to be Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Let's go. Well, even, though, even though I learned this in a trip, just a side note. So I was um, studying abroad and, and it, it, was a, it was a music course. And they said that that performance is when Beyonce became an icon because it wasn't even her performance. It was Coldplay's performance. Yeah, and so we they forget said that, that part the fact completely. that she Forgot. took over that whole performance. And we don't even remember almost. I mean, some people do that. It was Coldplay's performance. We're like, uh-uh, she's an icon. She stole the show. And she, she, and she, she made the lights go out. Facts. I remember that that was crazy. And that's a good point because that was Beyonce's Super Bowl. I forgot that it actually wasn't even her performance, which is crazy. And to Mm -hmm. that point, the halftime performance this year is Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick Lamar. Snookabooka, what's your favorite part of the Super Bowl? Well, I kind of am tied between the halftime show. I always like the halftime show. I can get at least 15 minutes of uh, exercise in during that I want you out there dancing with <laughs> <laughs> And I also like the commercials and like I said, I used to love the Clydesdales. And in recent years, you just watch it to see what up and coming company is going to have a really cute and catchy commercial that will be in your mind the next day. So that's what uh, Mm -hmm. what Oh, you know what commercial I'm looking forward to? So have you guys seen the the Me More and um, Mila Kunis commercial? No. I think that that is hilarious how they got them both to be in a in a commercial. And well, so they tell said them that because that's people might be not a, know what what's oh, what's hilarious Ashton about Kutcher's that. People? Yes, yes. So Ashton Kutcher is obviously the Memoir's ex husband, and he's Mila Kunis's current husband. And the uh, and and it, it was crazy because in the commercial they like in a high school reunion, and they actually they go to the same high school. Yeah. They graduated different oh. years. So his so Ashton Kutcher's current wife and Ashton Kutcher's ex wife went to the same high school. And they're making a Super Bowl commercial about how they have that connection and obviously... And then how they have, like, things in common and things like that. <laughs> and and so Ashton was, Kutcher and the like... high school are what's in common. <laughs> Hilarious! Like, that's crazy. Jeez. And I saw a nugget that says that Super Bowl commercials can range... Those 30-second commercials can range anywhere between $37,000 to $2.2 million yeah. for a 30-second oh, yeah. mm. commercial. They probably oh, yeah. had to drop a big bag for me to be on there with my booze ex about our That's old school. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I want to know how much, what was the budget for that commercial? I, I'm intrigued by the numbers of the yeah. commercials. I, really, I'm, I'm, I like that kind of well, stuff. Well, you know what is intriguing also about that? I was reading and I've always heard that the entertainers pay for the halftime themselves. They don't really oh. get reimbursed Oh, yeah, that's that. wild to me. And this is the other crazy thing. So you get all of this money for these commercials and all of that that you have for the game. But then when it comes to paying for the dancers, I heard that they didn't want to pay the dancers. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, wow, you know, that's just being It's green a hot now. mess. That's a hot mess. Shay, what's your favorite part of the Super Bowl? I have to go with Sam, too. It's the halftime show. <laughs> it's the I halftime. love watching the halftime show. <laughs> yes, it, it, it plays days and days later on social media. You get to see it over and over and over again, but it's always halftime show. And of course, I'm a part of the Beehive, so the Queen Bee, she's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> yes, She's okay. my favorite. I love I'm it. A, but, I'm yeah. going to say right now, y'all must have forgot, and maybe and correct me if I'm wrong y'all must have forgot about Prince doing a halftime show and it started Yo, no, raining Prince, and yeah, he sang yeah, Purple, no, Rain, Purple Rain in the Rain, in the rain. on the yeah, halftime yeah. show okay. so I'm 
love literally you, got goosebumps thinking about it right <laughs> yeah. now. Now I'm gonna tell you, I love Beyonce. I'm part of the Bay Have too. I think she's awesome. But when it come to it started raining and it wasn't supposed to rain and Prince was singing, he stopped dead and started singing. Purple Purple you couldn't rain. have made it. You, you could not have made that any better than what it was. I'm telling you, there's nothing to repeat that for me. Fun fact, fun fact, yeah. Renee, I'm, I'm, I'm forever going to be jealous of Renee for getting up oh, on stage to dance not, with that's Prince. That's a whole other conversation. And nobody's ever going to see it because there is absolutely Facts. no footage of it. It only lives in Renee's memory and the people who were there. And so I'm like, well, wow, the people is... who were there, I'm sure it lives in their minds, Sam, because Renee, <laughs> I asked her about it because she told me what she was doing and I could just picture her up on the stage. Right. And, I can, you know, listen, when going, I get turned up, I get turned up. And she down. said every time she looked out in the audience, Coach Reed and uh, all the coaches, <laughs> they were there with the drinks in their hands and they were just watching her like, what in Man, the world? I could just, Renee was I, like, <laughs> I had the pleasure of being in a dance competition against Renee oh, at the club. Oh, Lord. Talk about <laughs> oh, it, Shay. Talk about it. I, I don't know. We should talk about this. This is a... This was a- <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to explain ourselves at another time. But listen, those are the things. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Real quick. I forgot the national anthem. I love the national oh, yeah. anthem. I'm not going to lie. I love when people, I love to see the national anthem performers. I'm not going to lie. Like Whitney, of course, she was my favorite, you know, greatest of she all time. Amazing. amazing. Yeah. I so get nervous I, though. I do. I do like to see the people singing the national anthem. That is, that, I love that. Well, you know what it's shown me, maybe not for the Super Bowl, but for some of these big games, they have people who sing the national anthem. And I'm just waiting for them to call me. Because I can <laughs> oh, just as good a oh, job. Oh, Millie Vanilli it, because ain't no way. <laughs> Ain't, ain't no way, bro. Ain't no way. Listen, and no on that way. note, that's the things we're looking forward to for the Super Bowl. Any predictions? Yes. I'm going to go through real quick and ask you guys who you think are going to win, L.A. or Cincinnati, which is the Bengals or the Rams, just in case y'all don't know. Shay, who you got, L.A. or Cincy? I want to go with Cincinnati because I just love a good underdog. But truthfully, I have not seen neither one of them play. Hey. I'm, so, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching one game. Lord, have I'm mercy. <laughs> Oh, what in the world? Who do you have? The Rams or the Bengals? Rams. Okay, Cole got the Rams. I want Cincy. I want Cincy because they're close to home, uh-huh. close to West Virginia. But I don't know if they're going to do it. They, it's Rams are at home. It's tough. it's tough with home court advantage. Serena, mm. baby, who you got? I'm with Shay. I don't really watch football. This is probably the only football game that I ever watch because it's exciting. But I also go with Cole. I think that the home field advantage kind of thing is going to be a thing this year. So the Rams. Oh, I think they're going to have that energy goodness. and it's going to give them energy to win. Okay, Rams, home squad, snookabooka. Who you got, the Rams or the Bengals? <laughs> well, I'm going with the Bengals. Oh! I think that and we can kind of bring in one of your terms that you use a lot. I think they have a great momentum. Oh, I see what you did there. She got proper. She got proper the Bengals. The Bengals. Because they got the momentum. And that Joe Burrow is going to throw some touchdowns. All right. So listen, I think me and Junior had a long debate. I said the L.A. Rams have home court advantage, which is a big deal. And Junior said that the Bengals have cool Joe and they have the momentum, like Snook said. And then they have the confidence, not saying the Rams don't. So I don't know. I just, oh, it's tough. Everything in me wants to say the Rams, but I'm going with the Bengals. So we're going to see what happens this Super Bowl Sunday. The good news is because all the the ideas are split and because all the people's picks are split, hopefully we have a good game. We go into overtime and overtime for the overtime. And then I hope we have amazing performances, including the national anthem. Can't wait. Let's go Super Bowl Sunday. Next, we have Super Bowl champion Drew Bledsoe coming in to talk about his family business, Bledsoe Family Winery. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A lot of people see the different things that I do and they're like, wow, an athlete having passions outside of the sport. And a lot of athletes can focus only on their sport while playing, but you were already planning for your future while you were playing, what made you start planning your estate so early? You know, um, well, there was honestly, there was a time about, uh, I don't know, it's probably like my seventh or eighth year in the league, you know, and I think we just lost a game and I was kind of bumming and I was like, man, I just don't think I want to do this forever. I better figure out what's next, <laughs> you know? And, you know, I went on and played for a number of years after that, but well, the biggest thing to me was that I watched a lot of athletes as they transitioned out of sports and, you know, some people struggled, some people, you know, managed that really, really well. And the guys that managed it really well that I saw were people that had a plan. You know, they had something in place. They had something else to do, right? You know, when you're an athlete and you're wired that way and you, you know, your whole life you've trained hard and worked hard and competed. And then when that's not there anymore, um, if you don't have some place to apply all of that stuff that, that allowed you to be a successful athlete, man, that's when you get in trouble. That, that was when I just started to, you know, say, all right, we're going to have a plan coming out of this thing. So No, I love that. And then you named it Double Back because you doubled back and went home to Walla Walla Valley, which that name, like, it makes me laugh saying that name because it reminds me of, like, something happy. And then hearing about you hired a genius in Josh McDaniels, who wine enthusiasts literally called the Washington Prodigy. By the way, he's from Walla Walla as well. And I'm going to say Walla Walla as many times as I can in this one <laughs> sentence because Walla Walla is a funny name. But what's going on over there in Walla Walla Valley? Like, you guys talk about having such pride. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, well, so you'll, you'll like this, right? So just about the Walla Walla name and being from Walla Walla. So when I got drafted, you know, I'm back in Boston. And at that point, you know, we had three claims to fame. We had the funny name. Mm-hmm. Um, we were actually a magic word in a Bugs Bunny cartoon at one point. Uh, I think we changed the witch into a bat or the bat what? into a witch. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, so that's one claim to fame. Then we have a, a penitentiary. And then we also were, uh, we were famous uh, at that point for sweet onions. So Walla Walla, Washington and Vidalia, Georgia, mm. uh, two places you can grow sweet onions, right? None of those things were cool at all, <laughs> right? So I'm back there and... <laughs> And, uh, but thankfully, uh, yeah, while I was back playing ball, uh, my little hometown became known as one of the greatest uh, regions in the world for growing wine grapes. And it was fun for me because we all started to get into wine and all that. So I'd have guys come over the house. And they would bring fancy bottles of wine. They'd bring something from Napa or something from Bordeaux or whatever. And we would do competitions. We would do blind wine tastings at the house. So I would always go, you know be a homer and throw us, you know, something from my hometown in. And every time we did that, we would win, right? So we would do this unveiling at the end and my little hometown, you know, wineries would take down these fancy expensive wines from Napa. And uh, that was sort of when the light bulb really went off. Like maybe I can double back and go back home and, uh, and start a business after I'm done playing ball. I see what you did there. Double back. I love it. And so That's I, it. Just, That's I it. just watched Uncork on Netflix because I wanted to I'm stalking you and I wanted to know more about wine and different things of that nature. So they did a cool thing where they matched wine with a music artist. They said Chardonnay is the granddaddy of wine, is versatile, smooth and can go with everything. The Jay-Z of wine. Then they said Pinot Grigio is the white wine with a little bit of spice. It's like the Kanye West, just a little bitter sometimes. Then they said 
said the Riesling, crisp, clean, usually kind of sweet. That's the Drake. What artist would you pair with your double back wine? Oh, man. It's interesting because, uh, and, and, and you asked the question, so I'm going to give you the wine geek answer, right? <laughs> uh, you know, when, when we're making wine, the, it was particularly with our Cabernet, the number one goal at the top is to develop something that has balance and complexity, a wine that has layers, right? That's not, uh, that doesn't completely reveal itself first sip. It's, it's something that you grow with as you, through the course of a meal where your last sip is the most interesting. Um, and so from that standpoint, you know, it, it would be, uh, you know, hopefully what we achieve is a wine that does have many layers. So it's more like a symphony rather than a guitar solo, oh. if you will. Um, and so that's really what we're, what we're trying to accomplish, you know, so let's see, well, who would that be specifically to an artist, right? Um, wow. I don't know. Yeah, uh, like this in, is upscale. I don't know. I, you know, it, it would be one of the, you know, it's, it's, there's certain songs that you listen to once and, and you're like, okay, that was interesting. But like the fourth, fifth, sixth listen, that's when you start to really understand the song. And that's really what we're trying to be. You know, I think you know, I've always felt that way about uh, uh, Bon Iver, who is just great artist that, uh, uh, it's actually a band, I guess. I used to think that was actually his name, but but you know, you listen to listen to a song one time, and you're like, that oh, was interesting. But then all of a sudden, like the seventh time you listen to that song, you're like, oh wow, man, there's a lot going on here. So anyway, you threw me into my briar patch and gave me the uh, the wine the wine geek question. So yeah, I had to, you know said I wanted to see what your thoughts were. Symphony, I didn't know that was coming, but I love that. And you and your wife Maura purchased a piece of property and a lot of people have told me working with family doesn't mix but as you can see I have my mom, my sisters, my fiance so I believe in that it can work. You made it to where you and your wife went into this endeavor like everything I've read it talked about you both went into this endeavor so what made you want to go into business with your wife? Well I, I kind of like her so you know <laughs> and, and, and uh, and, uh uh, and, uh, plus, she's a lot smarter than I am. So when that uh, and she's and, and 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 when I say that, she always rolls her eyes and looks at but I, but she's smart in, in the really she's smart in the really important ways, um, you know, the common sense ways. And she has also has, you know, that that uh, um, that that thing that sometimes men miss and women seem to have in spades that intuition, uh, particularly when it comes to people. Yeah, we, we, we enjoyed, you know, working together and I trust her completely. Her word is the law when it uh, when she decides to take a stand. I'm like, yeah, no, that's OK. That's what we're doing. Uh, uh, wise man, wise man. But uh, oh boy, right? Yeah, right. But, uh, um, but the other part that, that is really um, just amazing for us from that standpoint is that Wine grapes like to grow in really pretty places, um, and so free you know, vacations. Kind of, you know it absolutely. A lot of a lot of research and development. Um, um, yeah, we did. we actually just got to uh, make our first trip to the south of France a couple of weeks ago, wow. and um, obviously it was an amazing vacation. But then also we get to go see some some of the old old vineyards, the ones that make us look like we don't even you know. As a matter of fact, they were, I don't even know if there were any Europeans in the United States when they planted their first vineyard back in the 1400s over there. Wow. So like the, the history of the, the, the vines over there goes you know, back many, many generations. So when we tell them we started all the way back in 2007, that's <laughs> impressive when their families have been growing grapes since the 1400s. No, that's true. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And then name, image, and likeness. So we see athletes playing late into their career. But I think about me it, at UConn, I feel like I would have targeted McDonald's. I would have really locked in on somewhere like that because I ate it religiously. I know it's not good, but it's the truth. So that's who I would have targeted. Who would have you targeted in the name, image, and likeness era in college? Like, what would have been your brands? You know, I might have been right with you on that. <laughs> yes! Uh... It is funny, right? When you're like when you're young and you're an athlete and you're going that hard, you know, you can kind of you can you can feed that engine pretty much anything because it's just burning yes. so hot, right? Yeah. Um, that's uh, unfortunately for me, it's that's not the case anymore. If I do that now, man, I'll be 400 pounds. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, McDonald's would have been way up there, and then and then obviously, man, I would have I would have died for some sneakers, you know, yeah. you know, free sneakers back then. We, and it was funny. And I know that, that you, this, I'm sure this was the case for you as well. It was, 
it was so such an interesting transition from that standpoint from college and into the pros because in college for us they couldn't give us anything right you know i mean right. it's a violation and you're gonna get you know and so like you know a coach couldn't even buy you lunch legally right and <laughs> yeah then the minute you turn pro and you get a little money in your pocket now they give you everything for free oh, like, wait a second. Yes. Where, was the, where, where, where was all the free stuff when i needed free stuff you know yeah, and I've actually got a couple nickels in my pocket, and and, uh, and, uh, you, and now I can't I can't even spend them. You won't even let me spend anything. But uh, we actually did just uh, we just made a big announcement, double back, because uh, we signed our first uh, NIL endorsement. Wow! Uh, Congratulations! Very, yes. Who young, is it? Young young man, young man named Ben Graziani. He's a receiver at Southern Oregon University. Uh, he's a kid that I coached in high school, and he's balling wow. out. He was playing great. They're winning, and uh, so yeah, so probably not going to retire him, but they all add yeah. up. All add up. Absolutely. So you, Absolutely. one last question: You talk about having a couple of coins in your pockets when you went pro. So I like to ask every guest that comes on here: What are your thoughts on generational wealth? Yeah, it's a dangerous one, right? You know, some of the most messed up people I've met in my life are people that were given too much and didn't have to work, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, um, you know, but at the same time, as a parent, you want to take care of your kids, you know, and you want, you want that, you want to, to, you want to allow them to, to do that. So we've talked a lot about, um, you know, with our kids and now they're older, uh, old enough that we can actually have the conversation with them that, that we are going to pass things down to them, but it's not going to be until they're older. Um, yeah. you know, they, they, they got to go do their own thing, got to be their own people. That'll be there for them someday, but they don't get to know how much it is. They don't know when they're going to get it. It's just that they get to be their own people. And once they get a little older, then there'll be something there for them. Maybe we'll just give it to the grandkids. We're going to skip a generation. Can't do that. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So we're going to roll on into the game. It's a quick game. Two truths and a lie. Have you heard that where you give two truths oh, and yeah. a lie? Mm-hmm. So you're going to pick somebody from Team Montgomery Co. Snook. Cole, Serena, it's Russian roulette with you. You're just picking somebody random, but that's going to be your teammate in the game, basically. So who you rolling with? I mean, you, you know, you know, I'm going with mom. So it's going to be you guys against Team Montgomery Co. So the first thing we're going to do is play Two Truths and a Lie. Somebody from Team Montgomery Co., who's going to do the Two Truths and a Lie? So, Snook and Drew. Renee and I met when I sang God Bless America for a Braves game. I actually got my degree during the pandemic from Kennesaw State University. Um, let me see. I'm trying to think of, of one that wouldn't be too obvious for you guys. Because <laughs> uh, Snook is sitting over there listening. Like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I got my first speaking role when I was 19. And she means acting wise. She's an actress. So Team Bledsoe, which one is alive? Snook a book of feel free to chime in and help Drew. Snook, what do you, Snook, Snook, what do you think? <laughs> Uh, the first one, when she said that she met Renee when she sang the national anthem at a Braves game. Now, that could be true, but I don't know if it's exactly a Braves game. You know how you can put a word in something, but you make it incorrect. So I do know it was at a game that she was singing the national anthem at, mm-hmm. but I don't know mm-hmm. if it was that specific game. So then on mm-hmm. to number two, where she said that she actually received her degree during the pandemic. And I kind of think that one is true because I do know she was attending <laughs> college during right, the pandemic. Right. She's giving you a real scouting report, Drew. <laughs> because she has to leave our conversations and complete assignments. And so Got I'm it. assuming, and since we're still in the pandemic, I would assume that that one is true. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the last one was um, her acting. And uh, how old are you now, Serena? I'm 29. So I would probably go with that one being false. Okay. <laughs> so okay. there you go. See, that's the mom wisdom that I was looking for right there. And I, I'm, um, see, the only the only thing that that, that that worries me a little bit is the fact that you are an actress. And the last one, you tried to play into it so hard. Like, oh, let me give you one that maybe is uh-huh. too, uh, too obvious. Right? I think she was messing with us. Nick. I really do. Ooh, so, Drew, I, I, listen, I, you're I, used I to making I, hard decisions. <laughs> 
I think that, that you were onto something with the first one. I think that she just tried to th- throw us a curveball, if you will, and uh, uh, it was a baseball game, but not the Braves. I, I think maybe the first one was a lie. Wow, it's right. It wasn't a Braves game. <laughs> I mean, I, I was I, I was gonna see if they agreed, but yes, it was actually a Hawks game. Wow. And I was, even though I did sing the, I mean, God bless America for the Braves. We did not meet at that game. I actually, we actually met when I was singing the national anthem for the Atlanta Hawks. So you guys were onto something with that one. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. This is why they pay them the big bucks. <laughs> hey, no, hey, I, 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 no, it's all about having the right team and uh, and when you have a chance to tap into that motherly wisdom you never turn it down all right next round that's one point team Bledsoe next round is true or false all you have to do is answer one true or false question for one point team Montgomery Co y'all can talk together your true or false question is true or false no googling Drew Bledsoe wore number 11, true or false? And Drew, I have to give a disclaimer for my family. We're a basketball family. So <laughs> charge it to their heads, not their hearts. So look at everybody's faces. Look, ah! And I'm not a sports person at all. So I don't even know. But I, I definitely know who you were, of course. But I would say, what do you think, Cole? I'm going to say that's true. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. No, I think that seems like that's too high. Let me go back. I think that that's a too high of a number. I have a little quarterback and he's got a number two. So I'm going to say false. I'm going to say it's false, too. Ah. <laughs> oh, no, that's terrible. Get together. Get it together. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's zero points for Team Montgomery Co. One point for Team Bledsoe. Now, y'all's true or false question. Team Bledsoe, which is Snook and Drew. National Wine Day is June 25th. True or false? <laughs> uh, so this, this is an interesting one because I, my wife and I actually were just having um, this conversation the other day. Um, you know, like all these new social media holidays, you know, like, you know, just like, I mean, yes. so we actually sent around, sent around this thing to our kids and a bunch of our, our kind of our non-blood nephews and nieces. Like, hey, you guys are just going to have to trust that we love you. I can't keep track of all these National <laughs> Sibling Day, <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> Daughter Day, you know, like it just... Um, but yeah, National Wine Day. Well, we try to like just for business reasons, we try to put that out there like once a month. Um, but um, June twenty fourth, June twenty fifth, National Wine Day June is 25th? June twenty fifth. True or false? I have to lean on you on this one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I, I wish I was better. Um, I, I, I I'm gonna say false. Wow. Correct. Oh my Two gosh. points for Team Bledsoe. National Wine Day is actually May 25th. Yeah. May 25th. There we go. The last round. This is the last thing, and we're going to let you go. It's like fast money on Family Feud. As many answers as you can get, that's how many points you can get right now. Team Bledsoe has two. Team Montgomery and Company, zero. Oh my gosh. Team Bledsoe. The question is you have 10 seconds, and this is on. Your captain, Drew. The question is, how many members of your 2001 Super Bowl championship team can you name in 10 seconds? Go. Uh, Tom Brady, Teddy Bruschi, Troy Brown, J.R. Redmond, Mike Vrabel, Willie McGinnis, Ty Law, Lawyer Malloy. Uh, um, oh, man. Um, let's go with the linemen. Let's go. Uh, uh, Woody. Um, oh, God. Now, now, now I'm getting stuck. Um, all right. That was bad, actually. That's that okay. bad. I, started, yeah. I, got, I, got down, I got down, I got down, I got down, I got down one rabbit hole and tried to switch back to offense. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so that was nine. Is that the official? Did everybody get nine on that? Nine. So That was nine. Nine. All right. Add All right. two to your previous score, and you have a total of 11 for the game. Now, Team Montgomery & Co., you got to get 11 or more. We have to redeem ourselves, guys. <laughs> it can't go down like this. Are y'all ready? Yes. Name as many members of my 2015 national championship team for the Minnesota Lynx. Go. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Mighty Moore. Uh, that was what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> Simone Augustus. Uh, the, one, um, uh, the one with the, the Tina Charles. <laughs> he said you got some time. <laughs> what a hot mess! Tina Charles and family. <laughs> 
say me. I'm so ashamed. You got three whole answers oh right. Gosh. Team Bledsoe had 11. Drew, thank you so much for joining us on Montgomery & Co. Y'all better go check out Double Back. I'm going to get me a couple. All yes. right? And Drew, thank you for putting me ahead on the family count of winners. <laughs> I know that's where you live. Uh, you live in the lead. You lead this. I, I, I know how that. I know how this all works. Oh a trending topic on social media. I mean, it's a trending topic in general because it's a reality that we all understand is a reality now. Imposter syndrome. Can somebody define it for me right quick in the simplest terms in case we don't know imposter syndrome? What is it? I can tell you about this. Imposter syndrome is when you're in a work environment or any environment in which you are, uh, I want to say, a person who is in charge. And it happens with a lot of minority um, in a lot, a lot of minority spaces where you have someone who's in charge and people around you make you feel like everything you do is wrong or that you don't understand the situations or that basically you're the problem as to why things aren't going the way they're supposed to go or that you don't know and should not be in that position. So that's what imposter syndrome is. It's making you feel like you're the imposter there, that you don't belong in the environment or in belong in that position or belong in that department. So that's to me. My definition, because I've been. You know, wow, I was like, that sounds like the actual definition right, from that, like the okay, Webster's Webster, Dictionary. I read many articles on this because it became as more minorities were getting into more positions of power. This became more of a like a microaggression that was happening within the um, environment of corporate America. We know imposter syndrome is a real thing and we know that people experience it and it makes my mind go to the Brian Flores situation where Brian Flores and just to set the table he's suing the NFL along with the Giants and the Broncos. He's basically coming for everybody. The Dolphins as well because he has receipts. Let's just start at the beginning. He was the coach of a team They wanted them to tank. The Miami Dolphins owner didn't want them to win games because they wanted to get the number one draft pick, which I know people have heard about it before, but his situation was a little bit different because they were offering him $100,000 per game to make sure that they lost. Well, he went on to win a lot of games at the end of their season that ended up making them get the number five pick instead of the number one pick. We know Joe Burrow was the number one pick who now has led his team to the Super Bowl, but that's not the point. That's what they wanted, yet the coach didn't want to tank and lose. So that was situation number one with the Dolphins. Then he's applying for a job with the Giants. Bill Belichick, who is the head coach of the Patriots, sends him a text talking about some congratulations my guy and I'm paraphrasing here but if you want to go read the text he literally posted the screenshots congratulations my guy I heard you're the man for the job well Brian Flores texts him back like oh did you hear something I didn't hear and he's like yeah I talked to the team over there and they said that they love you and you're their guy and he's like oh man I really hope so like I think I got a good shot at it but I haven't even interviewed yet So then fast forward, Brian Flores hits up Bill Belichick again and says, are you sure you're talking about me? Are you talking about the other Brian? And and then Bill Belichick was like, oh, man, I really messed this up. I'm talking about the other Brian who hasn't interviewed just like you, but he already got the job. Boom, there goes another lawsuit. So you keep on adding on to these different lawsuits. And the worst part about it is in that text message with Brian Flores and Bill Belichick, You could just feel the excitement that he had when he thought that he was being actually considered for the job. You could just feel that he really thought that he was going to get a fair chance at a team that wasn't going to make him tank. Just think about that. A team wanted you to tank, which goes against your record, which goes against your chances of being another head coach. So long story short, imposter syndrome can be a lot of different things, but sometimes the imposter syndrome could be put on you because Ron Flores feels like he's prepared, able, and willing to do the job, but he's not getting the chance. So sound off, what are y'all's thoughts in this whole situation with the NFL? Why can't they hire more black coaches? Why is it so difficult? What's going on? Super Bowl's coming up, but what's going on with the NFL? Well, I personally just think it's just showing 
that it's a small microcosm or segment of this population or the country. And it's just mirroring what goes on in the larger part of the society. And it doesn't have to be athletics. It could be medicine. It could be education. It could be business or whatever. This is what always happens. They usually throw a minority or someone of another ethnicity. Uh, I've been on a lot of search committees. And so we're charged with sending the top three candidates to the person who's going to make the final decision. And so we send the top three candidates and we already, we can't rank them, but we know who we feel is the top candidate. And many times the person that we feel is the best person for the job is not the person that's chosen in the final analysis. So, you know, this is just a smaller segment of the society and it's mirroring what goes on on the whole big world of, of, uh, of racism and things of that nature that occurs in the workplace. I have receipts. Okay. Let's exact see thing. Some I have receipts for <laughs> this. And just to say that it is touching everywhere. This is what I have. When my husband was working for a company, he started interviewing for another company. And when he started interviewing for that company, he got all the way up to the last, like probably last interview. And they said, Oh, you know, we decide to go with someone else. So then why would you, after you already interviewed him for that position, reach out to him again and say, hey, can you interview for this? And the reason being is because they are charged with so many minorities that actually meet the requirements. And in the tech, that's very, very small, especially for black males, especially for black females. So their diversity council says you have to interview this many of these people, this people, these people, these people. But when that's a very small pool, then they had to go back and pull again. So then he comes to me, goes, let me tell you what's crazy. And this is when I actually figured out that this was happening because he brought it to my attention. He's like the same company that told me that I didn't qualify for many of the positions is now asking me to interview for almost the same position ridiculous and so why would I do that because and he said what they're doing is they need more people in more spaces and so you met the requirements we can't find anyone else so while you're not going to get the job we still need you to come in here and interview so that we can meet our quota because there's not very many of you that's the Rooney rule that's the Rooney rule but this is the thing about the Rooney rule that's going to get them in trouble this time is that the Rooney rule came into play after they'd offered the position so therefore you're just doing it to check a box so that you look good it's nothing there's nothing no rhyme or reason for it because you've already <laughs> Bill blew the job it up to someone else well, so got just news to say when he said it's that I'm following the rules spell. and all of that I'll just go ahead and, 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 and get Mr. Flores in here for an interview yeah he said it's like a plantation style the way they they're running the the NFL and that's really what wakes you up and opens your eyes like really it is it's a bunch of minority workers and then the elite the top branch is all white males you can't break into it so it's just whatever they want to have up there is what's going to happen but you can work for us but you can't be one of us that's what it's saying that's also an ownership too that's also an ownership you can work for us, but you can't be one of us. They, there's no black owners of the NFL team. So same that's thing. a fact. To Cole's point, there's a lack of black ownership across all sports, you know. But I think that with, you know, going back to imposter syndrome, I think that this kind of thing is what causes imposter syndrome, because it's kind of like you believe that there is a bias in the system. But then when you actually see it happening is like when you when you actually get that position, sometimes you're like, okay, so I feel like this happens sometimes in in, well, not sometimes it happens a lot in acting too. you audition for these roles and things like that. And then you kind of know that they're not going to pick you, but you still, you know, go and audition sometimes. Sometimes you feel like the aerial thing, not my aerial. Exactly. She didn't look like what they wanted her to look like. They pretty much tanked the whole production. I haven't seen anything else about it. But what do you mean she, the Little Mermaid going to come out? Yeah, the Little Mermaid. Remember they they had cast the black girl. Yes. I can't remember what her name the was. The sister. She's yeah, dressed. I just assumed that they Chloe, were filming. Not Chloe, Hallie, Hallie Bailey. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I don't, yes, I don't yes, know yep. that it's going to come out. I don't know. 
Wow. Um, well, I mean, I, I heard that that she isn't filming for that right now. But even that, when when she got that role, that was controversial. Everybody Very was like, much. "Oh, there's gonna be a Black Little Mermaid." So then you almost start to feel like you don't belong there. And so yes. like with with, with mm -hmm. the NFL and and even like with acting and across, I feel like all you know any any profession. Once you get that position as a minority, you almost start to question yourself because yep. of the biases that that you know for. A fact exist and so like for example when I used to go I mean going back to acting and they said oh we needed a Caucasian woman for this role but you know you you still like well maybe maybe they'll they might change yeah. it you know maybe so it's like they already have a preconceived notion of what they already want but you still you know they still give you the casting call just to audition you know just so Check you can audition yeah just and to the, have you there um, the Giants actually put out a statement that said um that Flores was in the running up until the 11th yeah. hour but that doesn't do anything. That's, like that what, wasn't what, the truth. What is, what is, all, all that does is prove us right that they met their quota for the people who they were interviewing, and that doesn't give us anything. Oh, he was in the running for until the eleventh hour. Exactly. But knew what does that who even mean? Gonna pick already. How did he? He didn't go to the interview. He didn't even. The truth he didn't even go to the interview. He went to the interview. He did. He ended he up going, interview. but the conversation with Bill Belichick happened before he went. But he did Toward end up his going. Interview, but he still went. Because he didn't want them to have that reason as to why he wasn't hired. He already knew that they had selected someone when he went. It's what they call a cursory interview. It's just because. Wow. I would have blown that yeah. place up. I would have <laughs> won that interview and I would have read everybody, everybody that was like, y'all see this right here? Your boy Bill, he messed up. Y'all, he messed right. up. Yo, I'm only here I to know. tell you he messed up. I'm know. not here for the interview because apparently we he, already that man already know it. that man got the job. And they would have been like, no. Well, they got a lot of stuff going in on football. Didn't uh, somebody release the name of the Washington team before it was supposed to be Well, out? yeah, that's a whole <laughs> another story but but <laughs> listen a lot going but on but i want to end it with brian flores's lawyer his name is doug wigdor he said on get up espn that his client is now being referred to as the rosa parks of the nfl baby what are we doing in 2022 is she the only civil rights person they know and that's just can i just say one thing it's so smart is how they approach this with a class action suit so that means that He's bringing Anyone in not else. only what's been done to him, but just look at the whole situation there. So everybody who's been shunned and and been abused by that Rooney rule, yeah, <laughs> they, mm -hmm. they will be able to have their stories told. All aboard! Everybody, <laughs> right. round them up. There's this power is, in numbers. There's power in numbers, and Bl Brian Flores has rang the alarm. So if you or one of your loved ones, it's going to sound like one of them infomercials, if you <laughs> or one of your loved ones has been done harm by the NFL, please contact Doug Wigdor. He has a class action lawsuit. You can get paid from the NFL. Could I see that number again? <laughs> Coming up, we have my Yukon fam, Darius Butler, host of the Man to Man podcast, but also a nine year NFL vet. We're going to talk a lot, especially about what's going on with Brian Flores. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. you were in Vegas um, filming for Blue Wire Pods and they had a whole mural going on and there was some Yukon connection yeah. going on up there, right? They had you back there. They had you back there shooting that jumper. Um, that I Carly, I think Carly was the artist. Carly, Carling Jackson was the artist that did a mural. Um, where, what hotel was that? 
That's at the uh, Wynn. At the Wynn Hotel in Vegas. Yeah, they did a dope thing. The Man to Man podcast was up in there. We got one of the co-hosts of the Man to Man podcast. When I tell you DB's picks, I'm still mad at myself because I see it every time. I need to start following your picks to make a little <laughs> bit of money. But Darius makes picks every football game and even definitely going through the, all the other stuff and he's very accurate that's the point i'm trying to make so what's the storylines for you let's give a super bowl for dummies what's the storylines we should be looking out for <laughs> well, uh, well it started with um, the home team i guess matt stafford they got back-to-back years now uh with tampa bay last year they hosted the super bowl and they got the la rams um and matt stafford this is kind of his redemption song he's rewriting his narrative he's been in the league we actually got drafted same year uh, 2009 he was the first pick and uh, spent most of his years in Detroit, pretty much all of his career until this year in Detroit. And, uh, you know, the organization, you know, didn't – I don't think they did. Obviously, great by him and built around him. So, he never really won. Actually got his first playoff win this postseason, you know, through, through his postseason, first three playoff wins and now hosting the Super Bowl at home. Uh, even just showing up, I think just making it this far has rewritten his narrative to a lot of people, even myself, uh, because a lot of people looked at him you know, maybe a stat pattern or uh, can't win the big one. So um, this would be a big game for him. A lot of pressure on him. Obviously, the Rams, they went all in. For, you know, people who don't follow football, you know, you still know the names. You know, o- Odell Beckham, uh, the guy from Cleveland, um, Von Miller, obviously Aaron Donald, you know, one of the greatest players that we've seen in this game. Just stars up and down that roster. And then on the other side, you got the Yeah, team I'm going to say, nobody. what about Cool Joe, man? What's going on? Yeah, Cool Joe, man. He, he has that it factor, just uh, super confident. You know, 25 years old, only his second year in the NFL. And the Bengals, once again, an organization that nobody would say is synonymous with winning. They didn't win a playoff game for 31 years, uh, won one this year. And then first road playoff victories in franchise history this postseason. So um, Joe Burrow yeah, and Co. Um, has turned that organization around and now they're in the Super Bowl. Most people didn't even have them winning their own division. So uh, for them to be in the Super Bowl is is truly remarkable. So, um, and you know, it's new teams there. Nobody is some fresh blood. That's Tom what's Brady, crazy. I love know, it. He's finally off into the sunset. So he's not in it like it seems to be every year. So it should, uh, should have some, uh, some more excitement around it. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Now, Darius, you played in the league. What was it, like 11 years? How many years nine. did you play? Nine? nine okay, nine, so yeah. nine years in the NFL, all of that experience. And I say it all the time. And I saw you. You went on, on the Pat show. You were suited and booted. Now, I think it's crazy that you don't have a job in the NFL. What would be your dream job? Like, if you could, knowing everything going on in the NFL, what would be your dream job? Oh, well, I mean, to start – I mean, obviously, most people will go in no position room, DB room, and then you move up to being a defensive coordinator, and then going on to be a head coach. So uh, that that way, if I got into coaching, you know, that would be my ultimate goal for sure to be a head coach. And, and you know, it, it's kind of sad, and you see the stuff with Flores. I don't know if we're gonna get into it or not. Oh, we're um, gonna get into it. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's kind of what discouraged me from getting into it. You know, a lot of my former teammates, a lot of my former coaches just assume like, oh, yeah, you'll be a coach for sure. Uh, because playing the position that I played for nine years, and I played multiple positions. I played the slot corner, uh, outside corner, and the safety position, which is kind of rare. And playing for nine years at a position that, you know, the league is trying to get younger and faster at every year, you kind of have to become a teacher or, or a coach, you know, on the field. People thought it would be a natural transition, but, you know, seeing the lack of People getting the same opportunity, black coaches getting the same opportunity as the white counterparts to move up that ladder and be a head coach. Because you see a guy like Sean McVay who will be coaching in the Super Bowl or Zach Taylor. These guys are under 40, I believe, and I've had, you know, head coaching jobs for three, four years. And I feel like, you know, with my football acumen on the field and then in a the, uh, locker room and in the meeting rooms, I could have had that same trajectory, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. But, um, you know, we're not looked at the same for whatever reason, and the race norming issue that we just had in the NFL that kind of got swept under the rug a couple months ago. You know, it's been an ongoing issue, and obviously this Flores um, situation has brought it to light again. And um, But we'll see if we can get some changes. Yeah, it would make sense, like you said, for that to be a natural transition from player to, you know, high positions on, on the team. But like you said, it, it for some reason, is, is not translating, but that would make sense. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, so what do you think realistically, like, we see the Brian Flores lawsuit, but realistically, 
what can be done right now to get that pathway cleaned out? Like, for instance, like everyone thought it would be a natural progression for you to become a coach, but it didn't happen, whether it was a position coach, head coach, whatever. But why are those lanes not being cleared? Like what could like because, of course, the lawsuit is going to happen and different things. But is there anything that the right now that could happen to change what's going on? Um, you know, I, I don't see a right now fix. And, and, and honestly, you know, when you when you need some more, more Renee Montgomery's out there, you got a lack of diversity and ownership. You know, it's 31 out of the 32 owners are, you know, white men, white billionaires. So when you do own something and it is your company on the other side of you do have the right to hire as you see fit. And that's what that's what they do. They hire the people that they're most comfortable representing their franchise and organizations because these people you know, are the face of the company, are the face of the team. You know, they got to answer to the media after every game. They have press conferences every week. And uh, after the quarterback, they're probably the most visible face uh, on that team. So when you are in that owner seat, that's kind of who you want in, in those positions more times than not. And I had a GM tell me, a former GM um, that I worked with in the past, when we were having conversations, if I would get into coaching or front office stuff, he was like, honestly, D-Butt, man, you know, more times than not, it comes down to, who would a guy rather have a beer with? You know what I mean? Who would they rather go golfing <laughs> with or hang out with? And that's that's the reality of it. And not only, I tell people all the time, it's not just a sports or a football thing. This is corporate America. You I know, you can look thing. at I the workforce. The yeah, mm-hmm. you look at the workforce in these different companies, wherever you go, and the higher you go, you get up to that C-suite, you get it to that executive level, and it gets wider and wider when it comes to who's really, you know, the men and women that are really making the decision and calling the shot. So it's, it's no different, in my opinion, than what's going on around the country. But obviously, it's a, it's a bigger spotlight on it because it is sports. And then it's a sport that you see the product on the field, the players on the field is 75%, you know, black guys out there. So And it's a bunch of assistant coaches, you know, they, they, you know, they don't mind putting us in those roles. But once again, once you get to those, you know, coordinators, and head coaching positions, um, it's a different ball game, unfortunately. You know, you said a word, visibility is such a good word. And when you look at Robert F. Smith is looking to buy the Broncos, will be a black owner of the Broncos. People don't understand why that's such a huge deal. But when you go back to the Brian Flores case, now the NFL first came out and said that, you know, there's no merit behind it. And then they had to backtrack really quickly and say, we're looking into it. Like, what are your thoughts about just the NFL stance with Brian Flores? I mean, they're going to save face and they're going to say all the right things. You know, that's, that's what they do. You know, they put the logos in, in the, on your back of the helmet, in the back of the end zone. They do a lot of lip service. But the action, the action is going to happen. So you have diversified ownership. I think Robert Smith, you know, getting into the league will be uh, a huge step forward. And once again, it's, it's kind of that good old boys club that they have to let him in um, to make some changes. But it's either going to be that or, you know, money. You know, the color that really matters to these guys is green. Until like sponsors or something step up and say, hey, you know, we got this huge deal with NFL and our deal expires in 2025 and you guys have some serious diversity issues. And unless they're addressed, we may be pulling our money and going somewhere else. Um, I think that'll shake the table. But outside of those things, I mean, NFL is king when it comes to ratings and people tuning in and watching and all. They make the most money out of all the leagues. They almost double the NBAs. and. It's, it's really crazy. And when you think about, too, like, so what he's doing, I saw Darius Slay retweeted and said, I'm with you, Brian, and different things like that. How is that going to affect, like, you know, he still wants to coach. Is that realistic that he'll still be able to coach now after this lawsuit, knowing the league? And what about the players that support? What about you even talking right now? Is that hurting everyone? No, you know what? We, we all support them. And, and once again, this is something that everyone has known has been going on. That's the reason the Rooney Rule went in the first place back in 2003. You know, for us to have, you know, we just had a couple more hires. Um, so you'll have a couple more minority coaches. But, you know, I, I don't think the lawsuit um, will make that change ultimately. It's hard. We know in this country it's hard to go to court and beat one billionaire. It's damn near possible to go and beat 30 of them together. So I, I think, you know, he was sacrificing his coaching career. He's a young guy. 40 years old. And I think ultimately he, he's definitely sacrificed that. Unfortunately, I just think that's the truth because uh, that would be super uh, awkward to hire <laughs> someone that you're in an ongoing litigation. Well, again. maybe not if Robert Smith gets in there. 
he might go straight to the head of the class. So, you know what I'm saying? That's a different take on it. Cause So if he does get in, then they might be like, okay, yeah, come on over here. It's not like he didn't have a winning season. I can understand if it was terrible, but he had a winning season. So if Robert Smith gets in there, he might be like, all right, I have a head coach. That might be something he can do. Darius, I think you hit on something that I try to talk about a lot is, and back in the day, we called it boycotting to get somebody's attention to make them do things you have to hit them in their pocketbook most of the time and so to get their attention they're going to have to go through the people who uh the gatorades and the cokes and all of them to get them to say sponsorship money tv money we need you to uh promote diversity a little bit more before we can put our money where because these people spend money with us and so back in the day we didn't have much to fight with you know back in the old days all we could do was to say we was going to have a boycott and you know the Montgomery bus boycott is what you know set us off with the civil rights thing so I think that's what we need to go back to is getting the 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 sponsors and the people who put the money in there to say something us saying it's not going to evidently do anything (laughs) right they worried about they worried about the Twitter outrage and to your point Snookabooka now like I think that that's there's one side of the things, but when you talk about Brian Flores, a lot is getting lost, and I always try to do this. So you were coached by him, not specifically, but during the Patriots, he was on the coaching staff. You were there as well. Is he a good coach? Like you know how certain things get lost along the way. So can you just talk about his coaching ability? Is he a good coach? Is this getting lost in all of the conversation that he did have a position and he was unfortunately asked to lose? But what about him as a coach in general? Yeah, he's definitely a good coach. And I was on my first two years in New England, we were in the same meeting room every day because he was the safeties coach. I was a cornerback at the time, but he was the safeties coach. So obviously we worked hand in hand. So, um, yeah, he, he's been coaching and in the game for 18 years now at this point. He played a game collegially at Boston College. So obviously he knows it and been around Belichick and been in that system. And then went on to have had his own success down in Miami, even beating uh, the Patriots, Belichick a few times. So definitely a good coach. You know, they started off, I think they lost seven games in a row uh, to begin this season and then ended the season going eight and one. So um, you've been in locker rooms. Anyone who's been in a locker room, you know how tough that is to keep guys bought in and continue going, especially down there in Miami. Could you get to week 13, 14, and you're looking at your record, you're like, man, some of these guys are mentally checked out. Yeah, man. You know, got some off-season trips uh, booked already. <laughs> so uh, he definitely did a great job. Uh, back-to-back winning seasons, I believe, which was the first time in Dolphins history for, like, you know, 20 years or something crazy like that. So for him to get coached, the stories, the sources from my sources, what I heard was it was some bumping heads with the GM um, that's been there, Chris Greer who's been a part of the Dolphins organization for over 20 years and is one of the uh, few black GMs um, in the league as well. So I was, I, I hated to definitely see that uh, relationship break, even in his, in his uh, lawsuit too. You know, he, he accused of Stephen Ross of offering him hundred K to lose games, which is wild. You know, that, that was probably the, the craziest thing in this lawsuit. Have you seen anything like that? I mean, you've been in locker rooms before. Like, have you seen anything like that before? Never, never heard of anything like that. And, and it's hard because I've definitely seen, um, you know, teams tanking or teams not putting their best foot forward to lose, but that's never from the players, never from the players or coaches, honestly, because it's hard to go out there and coach. You're dealing with pros, so. Yeah, you don't want to look bad yourself. Yeah, you, you, know, you know if a play call is coming in a certain situation in the game, it's like, hold on, that, that's not adding up. Um, it's not like just <laughs> coaching high school or college kids. Like, we, we're co-workers in there, so we know what's going on. So um, that hasn't come from the top. I've seen it, you know, more so with, with players. Like, you know, you get into week 15, 16 of the season, it's like, okay, we, we drafted this guy, second round, first round. Let's get him in there and get him some reps, even though we know he's not the best player to get us the win right. this week. For a long term, he'll probably be the best to get him some reps now. So I've seen it from that standpoint, but never actually coaches or players or even hearing ownership offering a number to a coach to lose games. Like And, and you know, obviously B-Float, you know, didn't oblige and, and – kind of cost him his job in the end, but um, that was crazy to even hear something like that. The Dolphins were the first team to lose seven straight and then to win seven straight. And to your point, it's hard to keep people engaged that when you start out behind the gun like that. Super Bowl predictions, who do you Ooh. have and why, baby? You got to give it to us because we don't know. Man, <laughs> I'm, going with the, I'm going with the home team, man. Like I said earlier, um, it's the first two times in history that the home team has had this 
uh, Super Bowl at home. And uh, the Rams, you know, they had the championship game at home as well. And uh, I think Stafford is due. I think Stafford is due. And this offense, if you look at these teams, the biggest weakness for the Bengals is their offensive line. They've been getting beat up, you know, all postseason. Joe Burrow's getting sacked. And they're facing Aaron Donald and Von Miller on that defensive side of the ball. And um, both offenses have great weapons, great quarterbacks, uh, really good play callers. So I think, you know, offense will put up points, but I think it's going to come down to which defense makes more plays. You know, defense wins championships. That's right. I'm still old school. That's right. So I'm, I'm going with the, uh, the Rams to win it, but I think it'll be a close game. I think right now the betting line, the spread is four and a half points in the favor with the Rams. So the Rams not only have to win, but they have to win by at least five if you're betting on them. So I'd actually bet on the Bengals to cover that spread and lose by less than five. But I like the Rams to win the game straight up. Okay, that's a whole breakdown if you're into that. that Damn. I know, right? Right. We tell you all the time to keep your notepads out, and it could be about dropping nuggets when it comes to your banker or the over/under in the Super Bowl. I saw you got a family business coming out. Uh, the Butler's Real Estate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Butler Group. Uh, Butler Group Real Estate Brokerage. Yeah, my my mother's been a broker for over a decade now. She's been in the real estate game for over twenty years specializing in the South Florida area and Georgia as well. So anybody out there, you're looking for a nice place down in Florida. The market's okay. crazy right we, we now. Might, we might have to give y'all a call in a few years or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need a family place in that area for us to kick okay. back. Right. right. You need an HGTV show. So it's the whole family now doing real estate together. How is that working together doing business with the fam? Because you see, I know, you know, it's going to be unfiltered. People's feelings are not going to be worried about. How is that? It's, you know, it's fun. It, it, it really is. And, you know, growing up, um, especially, you know, going to the league and doing business, a lot of people tell you, you know, don't don't mix, you know, friends and business or family and business. Um, but, you know, at this point in my life, I don't like doing business without family. You know, it's a lot Same. of, uh, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of sharks out there. It's a lot of people that don't have your best intentions at heart. And, you know, you never have that concern in this business. Once again, and my mother has been in the business for, you know, over two decades. So, she knows exactly what's going on. And when, when guys, you know, former players, teammates, whoever reach out to me and need a place, it's like, yeah, I got the perfect person for you, for perfect people for you. We do real estate. We even do mortgages. So, um, you know, we A to Z, we got you. A to Z, we got you. And because you said that, and we are all about a generational thing here at MoCo, what does generational wealth mean to you and the Butlers? Everything. Um, everything. Um that's part of the reason I'm doing my media thing the way that, I, that I've been doing it, you know, not just going and signing with the network, just jumping on it and being a face and, you know, taking a paycheck uh, week in and week out. And even with, with not getting into coaching, you know, that was an easy way to just get into a position. and Hopefully someone gives you um, a place at the table. Uh, we're in a place right now where it's a creator's economy. So you'll build your own table, you know, obviously use your resources, do what you have to do. I'm not telling anybody go quit their job and walk off, but uh, <laughs> create your own table and uh, bring the people that you love and, and that you can trust and work with along with you. And, um, you know, just keep, keep grinding. You'll see it's so many success stories and, uh, you know, anybody literally out there, um, can be one if you just keep working at it. Everybody eats. The family eats. Everybody eats. Yeah, everybody eats, B. <laughs> I love it, man. Darius, thank you, D-Bud. You know we bleed blue. Thank you for coming Absolutely. through. Thank you. It's Super Bowl week, and for me and athletes like me, it's championship week because the whole week leading up to your championship, there's all these chills and there's the feels and excitement of what it would mean to achieve a long-term goal that you've worked on. I can even remember at UConn at, at the Final Four, I didn't want to talk to anybody, no media, but I wanted to be on my Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined, but it doesn't work that way. So I want to say good luck to all the athletes out there Handle your business, you are your own brand, and we talk about it a lot here at MoCo, but take this opportunity to build and build something off of this championship. Don't let it just stop it that you're a champion. Build something from it because it's always a generational thing here at Montgomery & Company. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.